Welcome to the Pete on Software podcast, where we program with passion. This is the podcast that discusses technology, the business side of software, and the tech people that drive our industry. And now, here's your host, Pete Shearer. Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of the Pete on Software podcast. Last time in episode 40, I wondered about the direction of the show, up to and including whether or not I should even continue doing it. As I'm recording this, it's been exactly two weeks since I released the show. I've had a few hundred people download it, and it is not my least downloaded show ever. Kind of as an inside peek to how I work, that's how I judge the shows, by how soon it isn't my lowest download count ever. This one is currently fourth from the bottom, and given that it's only two weeks old, and that I have been on hiatus for months, I find that encouraging. During the show, I asked listeners for a little bit of feedback. I asked if I should basically keep it up, change it up, or give it up. Should I keep doing what I do and stay being me? Should I change the format of the show and niche down, as the internet marketing crowd says? Or should I just quit and not even bother? I wasn't sure if no response and a lot of downloads would be a tacit encouragement to keep it up, but fortunately it hasn't even come to that. I got several items of feedback after the show, and I appreciate every one of you. Uh, so here they are in order. Uh, my first feedback was from Maro, or Mero, who commented within 24 hours of the podcast. He said, keep it up. I've always liked your podcast in the format, but it's quite a while, so I cannot say exactly what I liked. If you decide to specialize, please do not specialize on web or Apple stuff. It was great to hear from you again. Thanks, and again, keep it up. So I really appreciate Morrow's comments here. First, the encouragement to keep going. But secondly, while he didn't have an exact topic for me if I did change, he did say that he, he'd like me not to hyper-focus on Apple or web. And that feedback actually definitely agrees with what I've seen ratings-wise. When I covered both Google I.O. and Apple's WWDC, the Google show got 20% better downloads. In addition, while blogging, my few Android posts have done really well in relation to the, the iDevice posts. I know Android is more popular globally, and I do have a lot of listeners overseas, especially in India, so uh, I take that into account, and I should take that into account, and not exclude where our interests happen to overlap. My next piece of feedback was from Anshul. Anshul said, Hi, I like your podcasts. I'm in college, and it helps me learn about the industry and what people are using and what for. My favorite was episode 32, though I haven't heard all of them. I'd like to listen about dealing with people and soft skills. Let me tell you something about Anshul. The guy is a fantastic friend of the show. He retweets my show announcements. He gives feedback, everything. He's a great encouragement to me. Uh, he referenced episode 32 there as his favorite. And that was my episode with Andy Adams about being an independent software developer. Shout out to Andy for being uh, having an op awesome episode. My next piece of feedback here was a comment from Jared Payne. Jared said, focus and intent on the things you like and love. Everything else will follow. I'm taking that as encouragement to just be me and keep doing what I like and what I love, which has been the case so far. So it's a great reminder from Jared. And my last feedback was a tweet from Craig Stunts, who said, I subscribed because you had an interview with an Ohio developer. And I'm interested in hearing about people here. So this is now my second piece of feedback about an interview. I do like doing them, but I'm a little shy in asking people to be interviewed. The entire process is a little bit of a hassle for them, and I feel bad for the ask. I should definitely do it more, and I have someone in mind right now that I, I would like to get for an upcoming show. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag in case they say no, because I don't want them to have any uh, ill will thrown at them if they're too busy or not interested, especially because we're not exactly reaching .NET Rocks level of people. In terms of bang for their buck, will they feel like they're wasting their time? Uh, I don't know, but I guess I have to get over that, I suppose. So where do I take this then? Given the downloads and the response that I've gotten, I'm going to keep doing the podcast first and foremost. Secondly, 
I'm going to try to get back to a regular schedule. I found a way to record that will allow me a little more freedom in time uh, and the ability to really knock these out. The way I had been doing it before, I was in a little more of a public area, so just the sounds of life crept in a lot, and I either had to do it first thing in the morning, 6 a.m. or earlier, or after midnight, and that just let the podcast slide too often. Currently, I'm doing what many podcasters before me have done, and that's I'm recording in my closet, where all of the hanging clothes do a great job of dampening sound. That used to be kind of a pain as I would lug my computer in here to record and my Blue Yeti microphone, but now that I have my uh, my Roland R05 digital recorder, it makes being on the move here a little easier. Uh, thirdly, I'm going to try to have more interviews. This might be hit or miss since two out of my five least downloaded shows were both interviews. And given how few interviews that I've ever done, that's really, it could be a bad omen. At the same time, my top three episodes are all interviews and four out of my top ten. So like I said, hit or miss. I'm going to have to take some more cuts at it, I think, and just give it a shot. Um, so that's it for that. Uh, I'm going to move on to my pick of the week this week, which today's pick is a blog post by Haney over at HaneyCodes.net, H-A-N-E-Y Codes.net. I'll have a link to the exact post in the show notes. Uh, but the point is, recently you guys might have been aware that um, React, Babel, and some other packages started failing on NPM this past week because a small package they were depending on got deleted. So what was this package? You know, was it a a low-level code that some wizard wrote, something that was just really obscure. No, it's a left pad, a string left pad function. Seriously, you need to import a module function for this? And that's really Haney's point. I'm not falling prey to, I'm not talking about falling prey to not invented here syndrome, but come on. Haney also found that there's a package called isArray that has 880,000 downloads a day and 18 million downloads in February of 2016. It has 72 dependent NPM packages. It has one line of code. All it is is one line of code. It just says return two string call passing in the argument array equal equal the string, a bracketed string of object array. That's it. You just want to make sure that when you two string the object, JavaScript thinks it's an array. That's it. We don't need this to be a package. Obviously, I mean, honestly, to me, this is laziness. Why don't we need it to be a package, right? To me, you only need something to be a package if it's A, relatively complex, or B, most importantly, likely to change often. Otherwise, pull down the code from GitHub and include it statically in your code or write it yourself. Some of you might say, well, there are some tricky things about a padding function. All right. First, uh, you know, what a nice language and framework you're dealing with if you don't have a decent string library included in it. C Sharp uh, .NET has the pad left function that does this for you. Ruby has rjust and leftjust that do this for you. JavaScript, of course not. JavaScript, ECMAScript, more worried about making sure you get proper objects than a decent ability to work with types and not sucking at working with numbers. But anyway, my point was going to be that this is where unit tests shine. I'm not the world's biggest TDD advocate, but writing tests around a function like this is a perfect use for them. Write a test and see what happens if you pass in a blank or a null string to be padded with, or what if you pass in a zero or a negative number as the number of times you want it padded. Write the simple function, put some tests around it, and move on your way. Why in the world would you take a dependency on some code that a developer who just decides to take his code and go home? Then what? Then where do you end up? Well, you know where you're going to end up? Where you are now. He's getting messed up, just like this. Am I being unfair? No, that's literally what happened here. This guy had an NPM module, has the name Kik in it, K-I-K, like the messaging app. Kik asked him to change it, some lawyer talk was involved, guy pulls his module. 
The code's still on GitHub. If you had been following his repo and needed to clone his repo, you still would have been good. But if you wanted to take an asinine module dependency, then you were ruined until you could write your own implementation and republish. But my ranting aside, which Haney's post is inspired, so uh, go check him out. Great writing provokes a reaction, and obviously Haney got me. Uh, I've also included links to Azer, who's the developer, Azer's explanation of why he pulled his code, and detailed explanation of what happened from Kick's point of view. Both of those uh, links are on my show notes. So it seems like there's a lot of blame really to go around if you read into it. So that's it for this time. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach me at Pete on Software on Twitter or at my blog, PeteOnSoftware.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you later. 